Blog Talk Radio. glad to be back. I mean, I'm the producer, the director, I'm, I'm the writer uh, of the show and uh, and other things. 
I have a new book coming out around December. I have, uh, yeah, I'm doing a Trump book, and I'm also doing a, a, what else am I doing? A couple of fiction books. Yeah, that, those are in the making as I speak now. So I'm, I'm letting everybody know right now that I have a, a, a book coming out. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But hopefully it'll happen. Okay, I want to um, talk about Eric Clapton. Uh, Eric Clapton used to be one of my favorite guitarists and musicians and singer. One of my favorites. But now he has gotten on my bad side. And as I can see, he's gotten on your bad side too. Uh, the guy is talking that he's not going to perform anywhere where there is vaccine, excuse me, where there is vaccines. He's just dissing vaccines. And we know that vaccines, if you're fully vaccinated, vaccines, they work. Don't let anybody tell you any different. That vaccine saves lives. But it's, it's a shame that these millionaires and billionaires are going out here and dissing the vaccines when they haven't had a vaccine themselves. They're against it. But that doesn't mean you have to be against it. Um, people are now actually begging people who are unvaccinated to get vaccine, to get, uh, to get the vaccine. And some people are getting the vaccine because they're seeing people in their families. They're seeing their family die or get sick from this vaccine. Majority of the people who are getting sick from this vaccine are the ones who refuse to get it. The majority of people uh, uh, refusing the vaccine are Trump people. I think if Trump came out, Donald Trump, I think if he came out and said, I want all my supporters, he's not president anymore, but he can still come out and say, I want all my supporters to go out and get this vaccine. It will save your life. If he would do that, I think millions and millions of more people of more people will get the vaccine. But he's not doing it. But never forget, Donald Trump himself have, has gotten the vaccine. It's all a grift with Donald Trump. It's all a grift. What he does now and what he is saying is all about getting you to send him money. That's what it's all about. The big lie that he and his supporters keep telling is about money. The more they lie, the more they double down on the big lie, the more money, more cash come in and fills uh, their pockets. It's all about the, the grift. That's it. Trump lost the election. There's no, lot of, there's no doubt about that. Let me be clear. He lost the election. You know that. I know that. They know that. But the big lie is still out there. Trump lost the electoral college in a landslide. The, the only reason why he <laughs> keeps saying he won, 
just so his stupid supporters can send him money. That's it. Same with Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. All of these people are making top dollar off the big lie, lying that he somehow, Trump somehow won the election when the whole world knows he did not. And they're saying that Trump will be reinstated as president. Now, how nutty is that? Trump is a one-term president, twice impeached. Majority of the people who were in his uh, circle are gone to jail, are in jail. So let me get back to Eric Clapton. Um, (laughs) I'm always going off script, folks, but I'm going to get back to Eric Clapton. I was a big fan. I was. That means in the past. I was a big fan of Eric Clapton. I mean, I devoured his music. I devoured his guitar playing. I, I even learned some things from him just by watching him play and give concerts. Not anymore. Not anymore. I think a lot of people have, have uh, given up on Eric Clapton. He's talking about that he's not going to perform anywhere where there is a vaccine. Obviously, he hasn't got the vaccine. Uh, he somehow hates it. And he's trying to, you know, tell other people not to get their shots. Well, I mean, you look at it this way. Well, Eric, you don't want to get your shots, but don't try to persuade other people not to get vaccinated because you don't like it or you hate it. Back in 1976, uh, Eric Clapton did a racist rant. Back in the, I think he did it against black mu- black blues musicians. And, uh, you know, I mean, all on Facebook, people are saying that Eric is a racist and we should have known this. Don't follow him. Don't go see Don't buy his records. Don't even go uh, to see him in concert. So Eric Clapton is getting a big blowback from what he just said said that's all over the internet everywhere telling people not to get the vaccine and he's not going to perform at places that give the vaccine which is a dumb statement Eric is 75 76 years old and he is very very rich he can say anything he wants he can believe anything he wants it's not going to affect his bottom line which is his money But that doesn't give him a right to go out there and discourage people from voting. I mean, yeah, well, (laughs) from getting the vaccine. That's wrong. You don't want to get it, Eric. Don't get it. But don't tell other people not to get it, especially when they really want to get it. And there's people around around them that are dropping dead because they are not vaccinated. So I want to say I I was a big fan of his. I'm not anymore, and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of other people are pissed off, and they're letting him know about it. But like I said, Eric is 75, 76 years old. He's very, very rich. He made his fortune off of black people's music, blues. That's how he made his fortune. You can talk about Cream. You can talk about 
Don Mayer and the Blues Breakers, but he made his fortune off playing black music. He's written his own stuff now, uh, but that's where his fortune actually came from. He's been in he's been in the business for a long time. A lot of people are wondering why doesn't he retire? And I watched an interview one day. Uh, with Eric Clapton that he said he's not ready to retire when everybody else is retiring around him. I think he should retire, not because I, you know, I mean, he's got so much music out here, he doesn't need any more. And you think, if you think about it, at his concerts, he's playing the same old tired out songs that he recorded 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Why would you want to keep going to his concerts to hear the same old songs <laughs> from 20, 20, 30 years ago? I admit, I have a blues album by uh, Eric Clapton called In the Cradle. Regardless of my feelings about Eric Clapton himself, I think that blues album, In the Cradle, is the best blues album Ever. The white boys can do blues better than the blues blues musicians themselves. In the cradle, I'm not trying to promote the album. I, I'm not trying to. Rep- I'm not saying go out and buy it, but I'm just saying from my perspective, it is the best blues album ever. It's an old. I mean, it's old. It was. Um, it's an old album. I think. I think it came out in 1994. But it stands up today if you are a blues lover. In the Cradle is a great album. Someone said, <laughs> someone said, well, you can like his music, but you don't have to like him. I totally agree with that. You can like his music, but you ain't got to like him. Uh, but I will never buy anything else by Eric Clapton. I mean, I'm not going to go out and throw out In the Cradle because of his racist rant back in 1976. No, I wouldn't do that for nothing in the world. It's my album. I paid for it. I'm going to keep it. (laughs) Even though I may not be too crazy about Eric Clapton, the man, because of what he just said. And I'm hearing he said a lot of things that were racist, that were um, controversial. And um, that's it. That's my Eric Clapton rant for today. <laughs> for today and probably the last time I'll ever mention it is today. Uh, but it will always be on this particular episode, this particular uh, broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, Eric Clapton saying that he will not perform where there are vaccines. As we know, folks, the uh, the rise in COVID-19 is just astronomical. It's all over the place. Um, now people, now even Republicans are telling their voters to get vaccinated. I don't know how much they mean that, but it's better to get, to get vaccinated because the people who are dying from this, from COVID-19, from what I'm hearing, are the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. 
So get your vaccine. Get your vaccine. Get vaccinated. If you if you know someone who's hesitant about getting vaccinated, try to persuade them. It will save their lives. Me and my family, we have been vaccinated for months, both shots. You know, we're in the, but we still do wear our masks because we don't know who we come in contact with. But we're still wearing our masks because we don't know who we might come in contact with that is not vaccinated. You got a lot of idiots who are not vaccinated. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. Let me see. Um, yeah, a lot of these governors are fed up, fed up with people not getting vaccinated. But you can't make people uh, go out and get vaccinated. Stupid will be stupid. We got a lot of stupid, silly fucked up people in the world. Uh, they're going to think the way they want to think. They're going to be what they're going to be. Only thing we can do is move on. Do what we think is right. Do what we think is right for our families. Fuck those who are just crazy and mentally ill. But everybody, at the sound of my voice, get vaccinated because that's going to save our country. That is going to save America. Okay? I know there's people out there saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Not me. That shit ain't going in my arm. Well, then you just might die. You just might die. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we will be right back, <laughs> folks. Uh, we got a, a, a ton of stuff on the... Um, on the show. Here is my friend, at least I like to think of her as my friend. Here is nasty woman, Ashley Judd. All right. Next on the to-do list. When we take over the DNC. <laughs> oh Michael. My God. Ashley. My name is Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd is here. I am a feminist. And I want to say hello to Independence Avenue in the back, all the way down to 17th Street. Wow. And I bring you words from Nina Donovan, a 19-year-old in Middle Tennessee, and she has given me the privilege of telling you what she has to say. I am a nasty woman. I'm not as nasty as a man who looks like he bathes in Cheeto dust. A man whose words are a death track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is going to rise Again, maybe for some, it never really fell. Blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black. Slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin as animal skin. I am not as nasty 
as a swastika painted on a pride flag. And I didn't know devils could be resurrected, but I feel Hitler in these streets. A mustache traded for a toupee. Nazis renamed the cabinet electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide. Notes, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. I'm not as nasty as using little girls like Pokemon before their bodies have even developed. I am not as nasty as your own daughter being your favorite sex symbol. Like your wet dreams infused with your own genes. But yeah, I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. I'm not nasty like the combo of Trump and Pence being served up to me in my voting booth. I'm nasty like the battles my grandmother's fought to get me into that voting booth. I'm nasty like the fight for wage equality. Scarlett Johansson, why were the female actors paid less than half of what the male actors earned last year. See, even when we do go into higher paying jobs, our wages are still cut with blades sharpened by testosterone. Why is the work of a black woman and a Hispanic woman worth only 63 and 54 cents of a white man's privileged daughter? This is not a feminist myth. This is inequality. So we are not here to be debunked. We are here to be respected. We are here to be nasty. I'm nasty. Like my blood stains on my bed sheets. We don't actually choose if and when to have our periods. Believe me, if we could, some of us would. We don't like throwing away our favorite pairs of underpants. Tell me, why are pads and tampons still tax... Ooh, that was a brand name. Why are tampons and pads still taxed when Viagra and Rogaine are not? Is your erection really more than protecting the sacred, messy parts of my womanhood? Is the blood stain on my jeans more embarrassing than the thinning of your hair? I know it is hard to look at your own entitlement and privilege. You may be afraid of the truth. I am unafraid to be honest. It may sound petty, bringing up a few extra cents. It adds up to the pile of change I have yet to see in my country. I can't see. My eyes are too busy praying to my feet, hoping you don't mistake eye contact for wanting physical contact. Half 
my life. I have been zipping up my smile, hoping you don't think I want to unzip your jeans. I am unafraid to be nasty because I am nasty like Susan, Elizabeth, Eleanor, Amelia, Rosa, Gloria, Condoleezza, Sonia, Malala, Michelle, Hillary. And our pussies ain't for grabbing. Therefore, reminding you that our walls are stronger than America's ever will be. Our pussies are for our pleasure. They are for birthing new generations of filthy, vulgar, nasty, proud, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, sink, you name it, for new generations of nasty women. So if you, a nasty woman, or you love one, who is, let me hear you say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love you. Thank you.
home. Anybody see that uh, confrontation between um, Dr. Falsey and Rand Paul? Rand Paul is the stupidest, the dumbest man in Congress. A lot of people are saying he should have gotten his ass beat by his neighbor. His neighbor didn't do that good of a job. Dr. Falsey, this confrontation with uh, Dr. Falsey, 
uh, went really bad for Rand Paul. Dr. Fauci excoriated Rand Paul in that exchange. He excoriated him. And he lost badly. Rand Paul lost badly if you saw that that exchange. I've watched it, and I've watched it over and over and over again, and all I do is just belly laugh because he takes, he rips Rand Paul a new one. And we were all so proud of Dr. Fauci, Tony Fauci, Anthony Fauci, whatever you call him. He's he's, um, America's medical doctor on this vaccine. And each and every Republican try to make him look bad as if he's wrong on everything he's saying about the uh, vaccine when he has the medical credentials. They do not. Rand Paul is a doctor, but I wouldn't let him operate on me. The guy's guy's an idiot. Senator Rand Paul. And I'm not the only one that's calling him an idiot, as a lot of people are. The man is trying to, he's trying to find something on Dr. Fauci, and, and, and he's just lying. As Fauci told America, this guy is a liar. He should stop trying to take Dr. Fauci down because he's only making himself look like an idiot, the idiot that he is. But anyway, that was great to see. That was that was great to see Dr. Fauci take him down and excoriate this guy. Maybe he'll stop trying to uh, make Doc. Uh, excuse me. Maybe he'll stop trying to make Dr. Fauci look as look like he's a fraud. The Republicans love that word fraud, and the biggest fraud are they are them. They love that word fraud. And you wonder, how can so many people follow a guy who's been impeached twice? Everybody around him has gone to jail except for him. And we're all waiting for an, and we're all waiting for, an, for that indictment of Donald Trump. But it hasn't come yet. But we think it's, gonna, it's going to uh, prevail soon. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we're trying to find stuff to uh, – we're going to uh, continue to have uh, – if you want to call in and ask a question, it's fine. If you want to call in and say your show needs to be a little bit better, you can do that. you want to call in and say – just talk. you want to call in and talk about your book that you just published or either uh, an old book. You know, people are talking about old books. Uh, you don't have to have a new book anymore. I mean, a book is a book is a book. No matter if it's uh, if you published it today or 30 years ago, a book is a book is a book. If it's great, you want to talk about it, talk about it. Because a lot of people do not have new books, but they have uh, books out there on Amazon and Barnes and Noble that they want to talk about and they want to try to get some publicity for. So if you got a book you want to talk about, it, it's fine. I mean, you know, because I'm I'm a writer myself. I got several books out there, several Kindle books. Um, so it it was something I seen um, earlier today. I think I saw a post on Facebook that said 
that you need reviews in order to sell your book. Um, some people believe that, but I don't. I don't think uh, you need a review to sell your book. What you need is for your book to be a good book, a great book. That's what will sell your book because a lot of people aren't for giving into a lot of buyers, a lot of people who purchase your book, most of them will not give you a review on that book. Even if they love it, they will not give you a review. Believe me, I know. <laughs> so uh, reviews, book reviews, maybe any review, uh, reviews are, are not guaranteed to sell your book or your merchandise. They're good to have. They look good on your uh, website or on the on your Amazon page or whatever, but they don't necessarily sell the book. I mean, when I see a re- new review for something that I've written, I go sky high. But I know if I check the statistics, <laughs> only maybe one or two of those particular books with that positive review has been sold. I'm not saying that reviews are a waste of time. I'm just saying do not put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to a book being reviewed, whether it's your book or someone else's. Because I've, I have, uh, myself, I have re- reviewed many books, and I've had many authors who ask me to review their books, and I've done it. And I've asked people to review my books, and they've done it. But a lot of times you ask people to review your book, and if and if your book is on Amazon, Amazon will take that review down, said saying that you got it fraudulently. Because I've had um, people go to my website and they don't see any reviews because maybe because Amazon took them down. And they have the right to do that because that's their page. Uh, but um, but a lot of times when they're taking down reviews. Book reviews, they're taking down authentic reviews, real reviews. Uh, yeah, there's people out there who will try to cheat the system and have somebody, have their relatives, <laughs> all their relatives uh, put up a review of their book, and Amazon will take it down because, you know, that's that's Amazon. They will find it out. Because when I had my son uh, review one of my books, Kindle books on Amazon, we had the last name, <laughs> and Amazon found that out, took down a review. But I'm not trying to dis- once again, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from seeking out reviews. If that's what you do, then that's what you do. A lot of times, a lot of if you research reviews, uh, a lot of people who do reviews are asking for money. They want you to pay them for a review. They're asking for $200 for one review. And that review that you get and that you pay that $200 for may not even sell your book. So I have been told and I'm telling people, do not buy reviews because they're out there because they're the first ones to get taken down by Amazon, maybe Barnes & Noble. So do not buy reviews. If you don't have a review, if you do not have a review, hey, you may have it a little later on, but do not buy them. There's scammers out there. There's 
everything has gone up after after COVID, as you, as you know, everything has gone up. Everything has gone sky high. Even the scammers, they've raised <laughs> their amounts on their scams. So uh, it's up to you. If you want to buy your reviews, that's up to you. If you, I'm just saying, do not do that. Uh, uh, because I I know a lot of people used to try to hook me up on my websites and on my and in my emails asking me sometimes begging me to review their book leave a five star review on Amazon on Amazon for their book and sometimes I would do that and those reviews were not taken down but I stopped doing it I don't know why <laughs> and then sometimes you can always ask another writer another author you can you know uh Trade reviews. Well, you review you review the book, and then I'll review your book. That happens. I've done that, and that worked out pretty well. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and they're trying to say that Facebook is killing people. I, I think the GOP is killing people because they're the they are the ones who are giving out false information about the vaccine and they're giving it to their voters so their voters are the ones who are getting sick and dying from this false and misleading information on the vaccine that is coming from republicans yeah yeah it's coming from republicans all right we, we will be, we're going to take a if this did work right <laughs> we're going to take a a musical break and we will be right back. They're saying that, hold it before we leave. Ron DeSantis, uh, the state of Florida, has the biggest uh, COVID-19 outbreak than any other state in America. You should know this. Because he's a stupid mayor. He, I mean, he's a stupid governor. He's an ignorant governor. He's a mini Trump. He wants to be a Trump. He, he wants to be a dictator governor in his state. He's up for re-election. We're going to make sure we vote his ass out. Vote his ass out to the curb. Because he is not good for that state. He, has, he is no, not good for that state. Ron DeSantis, and we all know that. We know he's not good for that state because he's in Donald Trump's pocket. Why does so many senators worship a man who doesn't give a damn about them? (laughs) Trump doesn't give two cents about these senators. the GOP senators kissing his ass. He doesn't care. Only thing he cares about is, is that they make him look good. The only thing he cares about is that they put him, somehow install him back into of the United States again. This is what he wants. You have to remember when Trump was, re- when Trump was president, he was derelict in his duties. 
he acted as if he didn't give a damn about being president. He acted as if he hated the job as president. But no one fought as hard as he did to try to keep his job, keep his job to do nothing, to keep his job to become a dictator of the United States. His favorite people, one of his favorite people, was Adolf Hitler. It's in one of these books that are coming out about him. Adolf Hitler. He praised Adolf Hitler. And all during his presidency, what were we saying? What were we saying? We were saying this guy's acting like he's Adolf Hitler. And come to think of it, come to hear, he praised Adolf Hitler. And this guy, Donald Trump, is still trying to get back into office. He's not president anymore. He lost fair and squarely. And the only reason why he continues to say he won so he can get his supporters to send them their money. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a musical break right here.
I wanted was a much-deserved promotion. And he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I've found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer, her male subordinates would wave $1 bills in her face and say, dance for me. And when she went to complain to a major, he said, what, only $1? You're worth at least 5 or 10 After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts. One in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. 71% of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, 
They're still called liars and troublemakers and demeaned and trashed and demoted and blacklisted and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I, too, was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me, he also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car. And he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch, I couldn't breathe. These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my year as Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me, fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He, President of the United States, in spite of it. And shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington, D.C. And shortly thereafter, I, too, was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, and when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour like I'd seen in the movies and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the 60s and 70s and that that was the culture then. Yeah, that was the culture then. And unfortunately, it still is. Why? because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. 
Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. <laughs> Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down, I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world, didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news. The untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9-11. Millions of times we've heard, if you see something, say something. Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment to recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victim. This is my shout out to men. We need you in this fight. And to women too, enablers, to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands, and if you don't know, you should, and here's why. Time Magazine calls it right there on the screen, the teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is. Forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, it's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to change the laws, and here's what I tell the senators. Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it. And this is why we should all care. Number three, be fierce. It starts when we stand tall and we build that self-confidence and we stand up and we speak up and we tell the world what happened to us. 
I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision-making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son, Christian, my 14-year-old daughter, Kaya, and boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer. And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, And Mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom. And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable, she came home to me and she said, Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it. Free. 
that employees are walking off their jobs in the middle of their shifts. They're just walking out the door. They're being fed up. I think I saw this in CNN. Um, I have walked out of many uh, rinky-dink jobs myself until I found my radio show. But it's happening. People are walking out the door taking off their apron and whatever they throwing out their apron or changing their back into their street clothes from, you know, from overalls or whatever. But people in every industry, people are walking off the job. People are saying they're fed up. A lot of people are walking off the job because they're getting paid more money in unemployment insurance than an employer pays. Or they're walking off because they're not getting enough hours. Twelve hours uh, uh, is not <laughs> is not enough pay for someone to pay their bills. Uh, it could be many reasons why people are just fed up and walking off, walking out the door. I mean, if you're gonna walk off your job, obviously you have a uh, enough time to figure out what you really want because uh, jobs are easy to find than ever. I mean, you can quit, you can walk out of, uh, you can quit 10 jobs, 10 positions, and easily walk out the door and find another one right away. Because, one of the reasons is because people are just not filling these jobs. And employers are really, really angry and, and confused by uh, applicants who they call to come in to interview for jobs, and they don't they don't show up. They'll say they'll come in and interview for the job, but the, the applicants they don't show up. Who knows? That could be many reasons for that. Maybe they found a better job. They don't want this particular one because they found another one, or maybe get, they're going to wait a little while longer. But um, it, it, it's it's not looking good for the job market. Um, even though I have I have seen many businesses closed and shut down because they had no workers. And the owner of that business will come out and tell you, we're shut we're, we're closed, we're shut down because we can't find anybody to do the work. Why are people not accepting the thousands, thousands, or millions of jobs that are out here. Like, as I've said, various reasons, but I don't think any of those make sense. COVID-19 COVID has changed America in a big way, and this is just one of them. 
People feel that they don't have to go to work for nothing in the world. Uh, a lot of people are working at home. They do not want to go back to the office. And if the employer tries to make them come back to the office, they're going to quit and find a job where they can work at home. They don't have to commute. They don't have to take a shower. They don't have to change clothes. They can be there with the kids. Yeah, it's, it's America in a new way. Is it a good way? Is it something that's going to last? I think it's going to last, but it doesn't mean that it's something that's good for all, all employees and employers. People are walking off the job in the middle of their shifts, saying they're fed up, they're done, I'm out. Just give me my last paycheck. I don't think there are people walking off the job because they feel uh, uh, empowered. I just feel they're walking off the job because they just don't like what they're doing. They don't like how they're being treated. And the thing is, they're to blame for it. I mean, if you bring up a complaint against another employee that's been there longer than you, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. And in a lot of these workplaces, this is what's going on. And people are just walking the hell out of the door. You say one wrong word to somebody who's working their asses off, then you'll be looking for another employee to do that same job that this guy was skilled to do or woman was skilled to do. Wow, this is something. Yeah. People are people are walking out the door. It's not funny. But um I don't think it'll ever be right again. You know, employees, employers are I always said that it's better to work for yourself than to work for anybody else. When you working for someone else, you can you will be treated like dirt. Uh, uh, treated unfairly, uh, fired because you didn't like what was going on in the workplace. You know, before that happens, you just walk the hell out of there. Because you know when you walk out that door, you'll be able to get another job. But But the other job that you get after you walk out of this one, you may have to explain to the employer why you walked out. They're not going to hire you if they think that you going to walk out of their place of employment like you did the one before. So I think you have to be a little smarter than just to walk out. You have to know what you're doing and what's out there before you do that because, I mean, if you got rent to pay, you got a car note, you got a or a house note, I don't think you're just going to just end up just walking out of, out of, a, out of your employment unless you know something everybody else don't. It's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. People are just walking the hell out of their off their jobs, not even finishing their shift, just walking out. And then there is, like as I just mentioned, uh, a lot of businesses are closed down, boarded up because they can't find employees. And then there is employers who are contacting 
potential applicants and talking to these applicants, but still these applicants doesn't show up for an in-face interview. So it's bad. It, it, it's really, really bad. And I, as I've said many times, I think COVID has changed America forever. Uh, a lot of people are uh, wanting to stop wearing masks. So do I. But there is a big rise in COVID-19. And what I'm hearing, the, the rise is because of the unvaccinated. And other people are pissed off because these people will not get vaccinated. They come up with all kinds of reasons for not getting vaccinated. I, one woman, oh, I'm not getting vaccinated because I think sugar is good. People come up with all kind of dumb shit to keep from getting vaccinated. But I will tell you this. Since the word has been getting out about getting vaccinated, more people are getting vaccinated because of the word uh, getting out more. And they're not listening to a lot of misinformation. They're not listening to a lot of lies because they see their loved ones dropping dead or getting sick in front of them. And they're seeing the president of the United States and uh, their local leaders pleading with them to get the, to get vaccinated so they don't die, so they don't infect others around them. And I keep, you know, charging away on this show, get vaccinated. If you have one shot, Shot, that's great. Go get the second one. They do protect against this virus. Well, some people might say, "Well, I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not getting vaccinated because I have diabetes and I could die." Well, I'm not getting vaccinated. I have cancer. I have heart disease. Yeah. Get vaccinated. I don't think your pre-existing conditions matter here. I think what matters is that you're getting the shot, getting both shots. So you can tell your friends on social media, Facebook and Twitter, hey, I've been vaccinated. And see how many hits you get in a positive way. And that's why I call um, this show and every show that I've done this week uh, uh, be kind to one another and get vaccinated. Because, you know, telling people to get vaccinated who are hesitant about getting vaccinated, you're not going to win over all of them, but you may win over a few of them. I mean, if you, I mean, your family, I mean, if you have a family member that's headstrong on not getting vaccinated, try to persuade this person to get vaccinated. Because the statistics say, and I'm mentioning this, mentioning this again, that the majority of people who are in hospitals right now, filling up the hospitals, are the ones who have not been vaccinated. And that's a shame that the hospitals are filling up 
once again, and the nurses and the doctors are being overwhelmed because people come up with all kind of silly ideas of not getting vaccinated, and they're the ones getting sick. I'm hearing that a lot of employers, employers, if they're going to hire anybody, they want to make sure that the persons, that the people that they hire are vaccinated. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to go, go back to school, uh, grammar school, you, you, they're going to ask you for your vaccination record, your vaccination card. They want to, and they're not being nasty. They're just trying to help people get vaccinated. You can get a vaccination anywhere, your doctor, your hospital, your uh, whatever. But you're not going to find them like you found them before. The United Center, a lot of these places around around, uh, the country, because they're gone. But you can still get vaccinated at your local clinic, at your your local doctor's office, you know, make an appointment or whatever. and get vaccinated. A lot, of, a lot of these Republicans, um, they're getting uh, their vaccination. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the Republicans who were against this uh, being vaccinated, calling this uh, COVID nineteen. Remember, they called it a hoax. They called it a hoax. Have you heard anybody apologize for calling it a hoax? No. They don't want you to know that. But they called it a hoax, and they're the first one out of the <laughs> to get vaccinated, right? They're the first one. I mean, they got vaccinated before the old people got vaccinated because at one point in time they were saying it was an old person disease. Only old people got COVID-19 and died. But now we're seeing that that is not true. That is not true because it is happening among White people, especially, they're saying, especially children, infants, uh, young adults. They're not saying much about old people dying from it anymore. You know why? Because old people are getting vaccinated or have gotten vaccinated. The young people who think they're cute think, yeah, it was one person who said, that the reason why they didn't get vaccinated because they have a well a well immune system. Okay, I mean it, it. It's great to have a good and healthy immune system that will stop you from getting uh, COVID nineteen. I mean, hey, wow, you have a strong body, you got muscles, you got you know you, you you're in great health. Yeah, all of this can. Uh, Having a good immune system will fight off COVID-19. And I'm pretty sure that's why a lot of people haven't gotten a shot because they're saying, well, well, I'm strong, I'm healthy. Yeah, but you don't want to take any chance on on your immune system. Get the shot. Get the shot. Be a role model. Get the shot. Show your family that you've got the shot so they can go get the shot. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, talking about the vaccine, getting vaccinated. I guess that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about 
on the show uh, the majority of the week is getting vaccinated, probably the majority of next week, because we have to come out of this pandemic. We have to come out of it. It has lasted too long. I think Joe Biden did a great job, but it's up to us. He wants us all vaccinated, but a lot of people are just not doing it. I think there's still 20 to 30% of Americans hesitant on getting the vaccine, even though they've heard the messages. There is still misinformation out there. There There are still lies out there about the vaccine. Even Fox News. They're saying get the get the vaccine, but then they're saying n- not to get the vaccine. See, they're confusing their viewers. They're saying get the vaccine, get vaccinated. Fox News. The network that said <laughs> the network that said the vaccine was a hoax. They're telling people to get the vaccine, and I do believe, like some people, I think if Trump came out and 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 told his supporters point blank to get the vaccine, they would get the vaccine because they harp on Trump's every stupid word, every lying word. Trump should come out, get on national TV, look into that camera, and tell all of his supporters to tell all of his supporters Get the vaccine. And I bet they run out there to every clinic and hospital they could to get that needle stuck in their arms. Then you have people who, who, who will not get the vaccine because maybe because from their country, <laughs> they have herbs and materials and all of this magical shit that they say we'll cure the vaccine, we'll cure the virus instead of the vaccine. I don't know. I knew a woman who was saying that herbs and, and all this kind of uh, mythical shit would end the vaccine. You got people out there that think like that. And it's backwards. It's backwards. The vaccines are safe. Vaccines save your life. Stop listening to the idiots. Stop being an idiot. And get out there and get your vaccine.
FBI revealed 4,500 tips, 10 interviews, 
has led to Judge Kavanaugh, the guy <laughs> in the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court. I mean, these are sexual assault allegations against this guy. 4,500 plus some, I think eight interviews. Yeah, eight interviews. This guy is sitting on the Supreme Court. And they're saying that the FBI blew it. They did not investigate any of those uh, complaints and uh, accusations, allegations that they got. So we got a sexual it appears we have a sexual predator sitting on the Supreme Court, Kavanaugh. And this guy, this guy is totally crazy. Did you hear? I mean, if you saw his confirmation hearings uh, during the Trump administration, you, I mean, this guy is a total whack job. I mean, he is just fucking crazy. He is just fucking crazy. This is Trump's pick for the Supreme Court. And we're still wondering, I'm still wondering why the Democrats have not packed the courts. They can add other judges. They have not packed the court. The Democrats have not gotten rid of the filibuster. Um, and they have, and they have the House. They have the Senate as of now. They have the House, they have the Senate, and they have the White House. They got all the power in the world. And guess who gave them that power? We did. We the people. We gave them that power. And we just hate it when they refuse to use it to help America. Forget the Republicans. They're gone. (laughs) There is no uh, redeeming these guys. But the Democrats, we voted for them. We sent them money. I still get uh, a bunch of mail, I mean, all kinds of mail from everybody in Washington, sending them money. I can't send you money when you're not doing what I want you to do or, or the vast majority of Americans who voted for you. I, I, you have to kill a filibuster. Well, there's two people standing in the way. Well, convince them. The only thing I see the Democrats doing is this January 6th commission. And that's great. That's wonderful. But still and all, I mean, um, they have to start really doing something for America in order for me to send them more money. I mean, we... Uh, <laughs> One of the things I've learned, when you send the Republicans money, they're going to constantly be asking you for more money. They um, asked me if they could go into my bank account and just charge me every month or every other week, have the money taken out of my check automatically without me even doing it. Um uh, a lot of companies do that, you know. They, you know, instead of you uh, uh, mailing mailing it to them or just paying them out right once or twice every month, they're gonna actually go into your account and just dig it out every month without you having to lift a finger. 
I have done that a few times, but I will not do it with the Democrats <laughs> until I see them do something constructive and something great for the American people uh, because we voted for them, you know, and we're paying them anyway through our taxes. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's, and I just, I just uh, played a Eric Clapton. <laughs> I just played an Eric Clapton blues song. I, I played it because, not because I liked Eric Clapton, the, the man. I like the song. I really do like the song. It, it's from that album I mentioned earlier, um, In the Cradle, which I think is the greatest blues record ever recorded by Eric Clapton. I think it's the best thing he's ever done. He's made a thousand albums. I think this one is the best one he's ever done, even though it's a blues album. As you know, Eric Eric has did a lot of cover songs. And he's wrote a lot of songs of his own. But this blues album is just awesome. I mean he plays he pays homage to every single blues player that ever was, dead or alive. He paid homage to him with this album. This is a great album, and I played it. I may not like him, and I don't like him, but you have to separate the man from his music. You know, I I, I love the blues album. Uh, uh, I may not go to, go to an Eric Clapton concert or go see him in person anywhere. He's 75 years old. He's probably 75 years old. He's rich. He can say what he wants. He can say he can do what he wants. Uh, and he doesn't care if I like him or not. He doesn't care if you like him or not. He doesn't care if anybody likes him or not. He just want to play. He wants to play where where there is no vaccines. So, but don't be like this guy. I mean, get get <laughs> get your vaccine, um, and encourage other people to get the vaccine because that's the only way we're gonna get out of this pandemic. That's the only way. People have to get vaccinated. And this governor down in Alabama, I mean, she is really ticked off because the people of her state will not get vaccinated. And she's very pissed. Governor Kay Ivey freaks out on unvaccinated Alabamians. She should be freaking out. Uh, this is the South. And I do I do think most of the unvaccinated are in the South. But they can be found anywhere. They can be, unvaccinated people can be found in your workplace. And with COVID rising, in all states, I don't see why people are not continuing to wear a mask. I mean, I wear a mask in the workplace. I wear a mask. Other people are not. If they're wearing a mask, they're wearing it below their chin and below their nose, which will do no fucking good. You will still get COVID-19 or the Delta variant. So I tell people, if you're going to wear your mask, wear it over your nose and your mouth. Or don't wear it. I mean, it's it's not mandatory that you wear a mask. But it's mandatory 
if you're going inside of some business or store or, or whatever, on the inside where there's an influx of people, you wear your mask. If you go to some place where there's not an influx of people, you don't have to wear the mask. And if you go to a place where you're surrounded by people, close, close proximity, you wear the mask. Yeah, there's there's ways you can get around not wearing a mask. But if you go try to catch a subway and it's mandatory that you wear a mask, you have to wear a mask or not ride that subway. You want to go inside of subway to get a subway sandwich. Uh, they may require that you wear a mask or you will not get any service. You will not get that ham sandwich. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air. And you can listen to this show anytime you want. It doesn't have to be uh, when we're exactly on the air because I podcast it every day. And it's a great show. I love it. And I, I'm, I'm sad that I've been away from it so long. So I want to say uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for uh, saying the nice things about the show and about me uh and you do you do you <laughs> you do say that uh the show will continue as long as I can uh, produce it and I want to say have a great day have a if if you're listening at night have a great evening if you're listening during the day have a great afternoon if you're listening in the morning have a great morning And we will see you next time. This is George Wilder Jr. on the George Wilder Jr. Show signing off. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care.